Save Coast to Wildlife, the podcast. My name is Joe Reynolds, president of Save Coast to Wildlife, a nonprofit dedicated to educating people about the preservation and protection of coastal wildlife along the Jersey Shore, the famous Jersey Shore. And for more information, you can check out our website at www.savecoastalwildlife.com. That is www.savecoastwildlife.org. I am uh, joined tonight by my two best friends in the whole wide world. Hello to Melanie. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Melanie? Good. And I'm also joined by Jen. Hi. Hi, Joe. Hi, Mel. Hi. Hello, hello. So, why don't you guys just give a little something, something, tell yourself, tell people about yourself a little something. So, Melanie, who are you? I am Melanie. I grew up in uh, Monmouth County, New Jersey my whole life and uh, frequented the beach all summer and that's why I have an interest in uh, saving coastal wildlife. Uh, that's so nice. And Jen? Hi. I'm Jen Zarcone, Brooklynite turned Jerseyite, and I am a founding member of Save Coastal Wildlife also, and just an all-around Earth lover. Ah, we like lovers, not fighters. That's awesome. Thank you so much, ladies. And people might be listening to this and saying, wow, that is some great tunes coming out. And of course, we love music at Save Coastal Wildlife. We sorely believe that music and Saving Coastal Wildlife should go together, and so the rockin' cool surf music you hear for this podcast is graciously being provided by the band Apache Tomcat. The introduction song is Tranny, Tranny, from the album What's Later, as well as some of the background music from the album and uh, another album called Classics by Request. You can check out their entire music um, at the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. These guys are totally awesome. They're from Texas. Uh, We're just so happy they're being part of the podcast, so please check them out. We just think they're awesome. We love their music, and you can check out their music at freemusicarchive.org. And again, that is Apache Tomcat. Those guys are awesome. So, Jen and Mel, do you guys know what is the most popular seafood item in the United States of America? Shrimp? Maybe salmon? Well, well, actually, Melanie, you are correct. That is the most popular fish. Woohoo! And Jen, you are correct. That is the most popular seafood Uh, item. Trick question. Yeah. (laughs) So, a little trick question there. So, Americans eat a hell of a lot of shrimp. According to the World Wildlife Federation, Americans eat roughly four pounds of shrimp per person per year. That is a hell of a lot of shrimp. And, and Melanie, how much shrimp do you eat per year? Zero. You eat zero? You don't eat any shrimp at all? No, so somebody's eating eight pounds. Oh, wow. Well, we eat approximately, in the United States of America, over 600,000 tons of shrimp per year. That is an amazing amount. a lot of shrimp. Yeah. With numbers like these, it's no surprise that we're having trouble keeping up with the demand. That's why 90% of the shrimp that we eat is imported. Not all of it comes from the Gulf of Mexico, ladies. A lot of it comes uh, from Asia. A lot of it comes from South America. We're second to the biggest importer right behind the European Union. The European Union, United States of America, eat a hell of a lot of shrimp. A lot of that shrimp is imported from countries in Asia and also South America. And so while most of the shrimp we import comes from fish farms in Asia, like India, hmm. Vietnam, Indonesia, and Thailand, 
South America is also a big player in shrimp exports, including places like Ecuador and Argentina. So now you might be saying to yourself, well, what the hell are we talking about imports and exports of shrimp? What exactly is this show really all about? Yeah. What does this have to do with saving coastal wildlife, Joe? <laughs> well, for one reason, I just got to tell this joke. It's a shrimp joke. A shrimp, a shrimp joke, if I could say it. And I just heard it today, and I thought it was really funny. So here's, I'm going to tell you for you guys, why why don't shrimp like basketball? Why, why don't shrimp like basketball? I don't know why. Mm, can't reach the net. Because they're afraid of the net. Oh. Oh. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> sadly, that's probably the uh, funniest part of the show. After this, it gets really kind of depressing. <laughs> it goes dark. Yeah, it goes really dark and, and sad after this. Because uh, we're talking about the plight of the vaquita porpoise. The vaquita porpoise. How many people have heard of the vaquita porpoise? Melanie, have you ever heard of the vaquita porpoise before? Uh, just learned about it recently. Because <laughs> yeah, I told you about it. <laughs> what about you, Jen? Um, no, until you mentioned it, I had never heard of it either. Mm. A lot of people really have never heard of the vaquita porpoise, especially here in the Northeast and places like New York and New Jersey. Even though here in the New York, New Jersey area, we devour a hell of a lot of shrimp, especially mm-hmm. during the summertime. People love eating shrimp. Um, and, you know, if you go, if you order your shrimp from Amazon, let's say, maybe, you know, people want to order shrimp from Amazon. Guess where Amazon gets most of its shrimp from? The Amazon? Mexico. Oh. Mexico, yeah. So <laughs> we eat a lot of shrimp. And, and so we're contributing to the problem of what's happening uh, in the vaquita porpoise's uh, life. We have dolphins here. Is that our dolphins and are they? What's the difference between a dolphin and a porpoise? Joe. Yeah, that's a very good question because a lot of people think that porpoises and dolphins are the same thing. And so if we're talking about the vaquita porpoise, we really need to start off asking that question. What is the difference between a porpoise and a dolphin? And there's a couple of key differences. Some of the, the main ones that people would notice right away is that porpoises tend to be smaller. So they tend to be anywhere from like three feet, four feet, five feet, certainly less than six feet are many of your porpoises. There's only like maybe six porpoises in the entire world. And most of them are, are, are small, they're less than six feet. Also, another key uh, indicator that it's a porpoise is, well, the dolphin has this long beak-like mouth. Porpoises don't have that. They have sort of this melon-shaped head. And also, porpoises uh, don't really jump out of the water. Like dolphins are very acrobatic and they're gonna jump out of the water and do all these playful tricks. And dolphins or porpoises tend to be shy and they don't really, um, they don't do tricks and they don't jump out of the water. And, and porpoises don't really do well in zoos or aquariums or things like that. They really want to be in the wild. So those are some key differences. You know, porpoises, yeah, they're related somewhat to dolphins. I mean, they're certainly all marine mammals, but they're in a different family and they just evolve differently. And so there are some really key noticeable differences between porpoises and dolphins. I know people for a long time have been saying interchangeably, oh, that's a porpoise or that's a dolphin and meaning the same thing. And it's not the same thing. So there are dolphins and there are porpoises. And unfortunately, we just really don't know that much about porpoises. Um, Again, there's only like half a dozen species of porpoises throughout the entire world. And their population numbers, we really don't know all that well because they are really kind of shy species. 
And because they're so shy, we have a hard time of really keeping track of them and knowing how much, how many porpoises are out there in the wild. So when we're talking about porpoises, um, it's a shy species that's really doing um, not so well out in the wild. And one of the most endangered, if not the most endangered, in fact, it is the most endangered, is the vaquita, the vaquita porpoise. It's a small porpoise, only about, um, well, it's a very small porpoise found only in the northern Gulf of California, the Sea of Cortez in Mexico. It's the smallest porpoise in the world and the most endangered marine mammal in the world. Fewer than 20, 20 remain in the wild. The vaquita is listed as a critically endangered species by the International Union of Conservation of nature. And what is the primary threat of the vaquitas? Shrimp. Yeah, it's entanglement in fishing gear, including nets for shrimp. The United States imports about 5.6 million pounds of shrimp from Mexico, with a good chunk of that shrimp coming into the hungry mouths of people along the Jersey Shore and in nearby states. All that wouldn't be a big deal if fishing wasn't killing off the vaquita. The vaquita is a small porpoise we're talking about like whales, dolphins, and porpoises. They're called cetaceans by scientists. But there is a difference, and we just talked about the difference between porpoises and dolphins. And the Paquita porpoise is one of only six species of porpoises that inhabit the world's oceans today, including the harper porpoise, which, by the way, how many people, have you, Melanie, have you ever seen a harper porpoise? No. Do you know harper porpoises are our most common porpoise that we have here along the Jersey Shore? No. Yeah, so yeah, you're looking at me kind of strange there, Jen. I didn't even know we had porpoise eye yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the harbor porpoise is the most common porpoise that you can find here along the Jersey Shore. They tend to hang out in cooler waters. That means you're most likely to see them in the wintertime. Hmm. Right? Well, most people are at the beach during the wintertime, and that's when the harbor porpoise is roaming around. You can also find them in the spring and the fall. Summertime, really not so much. Summertime, they're up north in Canada. Uh, but in the spring, spring, winter, and fall, you might find the harbor porpoise. But even with the harbor porpoise, we really don't have an idea about how many harbor porpoises are out there. Um, you know, the harbor porpoise prefers to live near coastal areas and estuaries. The harbor porpoise lives in coastal waters of the Black Sea, North Pacific, and the North Atlantic. But here's the thing. We don't really have good population information about some of these species of dolphins, including the. Uh, while we have good population information about dolphins, like the polynose dolphins, we know very little about porpoises. Why? Sufficient scientific data is not present regarding the conservation status of the harbor porpoise, like the doll's porpoise, which is found in the North Pacific Ocean, or the finless porpoise that lives mainly around the Korean Peninsula in the Yellow and East China Seas. It's really quite possible that the populations of these porpoises are suffering declines due to climate change, overfishing, pollution, and other people-induced threats that we really wouldn't know until it's nearly too late for it, like the Paquita porpoise. The Paquita porpoise is the most endangered porpoise in the world. It lives in warm waters of the eastern Pacific. It's found in a tiny area in the extreme northern Gulf of California, Baja. No, I'm saying that wrong. How do you pronounce that? Baja. Baja, thank you. Baja, California, um, in Mexico. Vaquitas have the smallest range of any whale, dolphin, or porpoise. Right there in that northern area of Baja, California, is where you're going to find um, the vaquita. Now, how many people have ever seen a vaquita? I saw a picture when you told me about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute, right? Yes, very. Yeah, yeah it's very cute. What? 
you're yeah. looking at me like, what? You probably want to kiss it or something. <laughs> yes. Because every, sure. every time I show Melanie a cute picture of an animal, she wants to hug it and kiss it. That's Did you true. know that Baquita means little cow in, in, in Spanish? Mm. Definitely. It's really cute. It. Little cows are really cute, too. I yeah. should be able to touch it. I'm well, if you could find one, you could. <laughs> <laughs> but they're really shy and they're really endangered. So chances are not so good you're going to find one. So Paquitas aren't really cute with a body shape and color pattern unlike that of any other. It has a tall dorsal fin for a porpoise and a beautiful color pattern on the face with dark eye rings and lip patches that look like like they're wearing goth makeup, which, you know, that's totally cool. Yeah. It's really a rocking porpoise. Here's some fun facts about the Paquita. Um, as Jen mentioned, does mean little cow in Spanish. It's about five feet long. So for those people that want to know just how long it is, it is small. So it's the smallest species of cetacean. The vaquita lives only about four. It's a four-hour drive from San Diego. So if you're listening to us from San Diego, if you wanted to go on a road trip, you're about four hours away from seeing, or at least, you know, hanging out where the vaquita tends to hang out, which is in the northern parts of um, the Sea of Cortez. Unlike other porpoises, vaquitas give birth only every other year, and newborns are born in the spring, March to April. They live to only be about 20 years old, and vaquitas have never been held in captivity. It is one of the most rarest and most endangered mammal species in the world. All right, so now you might be saying, well, so what's going on with the vaquitas, right? Yeah, why, you know, if they're so endangered, why, why aren't they doing anything to help save them or make it illegal to get them caught in nets and things like that well so we're blaming shrimp fisheries right but you just can't blame the shrimp fishery people for everything there's also this other fish as well what's the name of that fish oh totoba totoba yeah so there's this fish and how many people are familiar with shark finning i am what is shark finning that kind of gets coverage on tv yeah what's shark finning Boats just catch sharks, cut their fins off, and then send them back in the water to bleed to death. Yeah, and why would they catch the shark's fins? What would they use that for? Soup. Yeah, yeah. Shark fin soup. How many people have had shark fin soup before? You. So if you go to Chinatown in New York City, which we're not far, you can order shark fin soup in Chinatown. And it's like legit shark fins? Yeah, well, yeah. And it tastes like water. (laughs) It really is horrible. It's a horrible taste. Uh, It tastes just like polluted water or something. Maybe that's what they gave me. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So, for this fish, which is named... Totoba. They're catching this fish, which is found in the Sea of Cortez. um, And they're using nets to catch this fish. And this fish is also an endangered species because they're catching so much of this fish. Now... Check this. This is really disc- uh, gross and disgusting. They're, fishermen in the Sea of Cortez are catching this fish, and and it's endangered species. And they're catching the reason that it's endangered species is catching so much of it, and they're catching it not because of the meat, but because of the air bladder or swim bladder inside the fish. That swim bladder is then sent to Asia, specifically China, where then they use it for medicinal purposes. But it's, it's like this voodoo medicine. It doesn't really work, right? So people might use the thing that this air bladder from this fish is going to clear up their pimples, you know, clear up their face, or it's going to cure them from a headache or common cold or make their penis grow or, you know, all these amazing things, right? And it just doesn't true. It's like a sugar pill. If I tell you this pill is going to make your penis grow, Jen, what no, are you going to do? I am going to take that pill. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right? Who wouldn't? 
Who would? So um, that's what's happening in China is they get this air bladder and they think that, you know, it's just an amazing thing and it's going to do all these wonderful things and it doesn't do it. And in the meantime, what's who's suffering? The fish and then also the little tiny vaquita. So between the shrimp farmers and the fishermen and all these things, um, I shouldn't say shrimp farmers, it's the people that are catching the shrimp. It's, they're not farming it, they're catching uh, wild shrimp. Um, it's really doing damage to the little vaquita. So what's, what's Mexico doing about this? Yeah, what are they doing about it? See, the problem with Mexico, Al, have you ever been to Mexico? Mm, on a stopover on a cruise, I've never spent it. Yeah, what part of Mexico? Time. Cozumel. Oh, that sounds nice. I like that name. Did you like it? Yeah, I think I was only there for half a day. Would so. you recommend that to somebody else? A cruise? A cruise. A cruise to Mexico? Uh, it, it was just one day. So, you know, yeah. Did you get drunk like you did in Florida oh, a couple weeks ago? No. <laughs> no, you didn't. You do. are wrong. You didn't do that. <laughs> so, what's happening is Mexico has a lot of corruption. <clears throat> and, you know, the president of Mexico and government leaders are. You know, they say the right things, but when it comes to actually doing the right things, it's very difficult because, first of all, there's a lot of money tied up mm-hmm. in the fish, right? There's a lot of people who are getting rich off of catching that fish named Tatoba. And so, as a result, it's just very difficult to try <laughs> to put any limitations um, to save the um, vaquita because the vaquita. You know, again, there's a small number of porpoises and they don't generate any money, really any tourist dollars. There's not huge amounts of people in the United States of America going down to the Sea of Cortez to see uh, the little vaquita. So these fishermen in Mexico, how do they make money? By catching the totoba or the shrimp. So, and that's what's happening. So as a result, there's, you know, there's just a huge dollar sign on the fish, on the shrimp, and then uh, when it comes to the little vaquita, it just gets caught up in, in these nets. And, and of course, we know vaquitas are porpoises. Porpoises are marine mammals. Marine mammals, they need to come out of the water to breathe. Well, you know, they need to get their blowhole out of the water for a little bit just to get a breath of fresh air, then they go back into the water. And so as these vaquitas are getting trapped into the nets, they can't get out to get a breath of fresh air, and they just simply um, drown. It's really a horrible death. Mm. So Mexico, um, it's just a, a lot of corruption going on. Mexico has failed to permanently ban all gill nets in the Paquito's habitat, despite repeated recommendations by scientists and evidence that the use of gill nets by any fishery in adjacent to the vaquitas range will undoubtedly lead to a suspe- uh, to the species extinction. And the role of the shrimp industry in the uh, decline of the vaquitas is well documented um, in reports issued by the International Committee for the Recovery of the Vaquita. Uh, and the Scientific Committee for the International Whaling Commission. They, do- uh, they, declined, they documented a decline in vaquita from nearly 570 animals in 1997 to 200 animals in 2012, with, which was largely due to vaquita bycatch in shrimp gill nets. And now we're saying it's less than 20 here in 2019. So that, that decline of vaquitas is just, it's getting worse. And, and we really are on the verge of just losing them. However, this is really depressing. And I don't mean to, to bum people out all the time. There is a little bit of good news, just a small amount of good news um, that's happened the last couple of years. And so one of the first things is in October of 2017, how many people like Trader Joe's? 
Me. Mm-hmm, me too. So Trader Joe's has said they have declared that they were going to stop buying a shrimp from Mexico. They're the best. You know, I actually said that this week, that Trader Joe's is the best. Yeah. However, how many people like Amazon? Boo. <laughs> Sorry, I don't like Amazon. I... Amazon is still selling shrimp from <laughs> I... uh, Mexico. Just so if you buy your shrimp. Yeah, if you buy... <laughs> I don't know who would buy shrimp from Amazon. Yeah, what are, who's buying shrimp <laughs> from Amazon? Where do you live that you can't get shrimp? People who live like in Missouri or something. Like a shut-in or something? Like a shrimp-eating shut-in? First of all, who buys shrimp on the internet? Exactly. (laughs) Shrimp-eating shut-ins. Sunny sunny day. Get home from work at six o'clock and you're nice warm sitting in the sun. We're gonna gonna buy shrimp tonight, Melanie. You and I from the internet. So could have that tomorrow. Nice. Um, so don't do that. That's a bad thing. Also, a little bit of good news. Just last year. Uh, November 2018, the third U.S. court district um, held up a ban in the United States on importing Mexican shrimp and other seafood caught with gill nets that drown the vaquita porpoises. So mm-hmm. thank goodness for the court system in the United States of America. They have upheld that ban that the United States put in place. However, mm-hmm. however, our president, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. President Trump... Mm-hmm. And his administration are, uh, they want to challenge that, of course. I mean, what's it to them, really? Why do they care? Yeah, yeah. So uh, there is there's, uh, there is conflict there with, uh, with our uh, president. Even though gill nets, shrimp gill nets, kill about 50% of the rapidly dwindling vaquita population every year, um, there is still uh, people within the Trump administration who think, eh, you know, not a big deal. So, um, what can you do? What Melanie, can what, can you do? Do? what can you do? Yeah, what can you do? What can you don't do, Melanie? Don't eat shrimp, maybe? Don't, well, so, I don't want to say don't eat shrimp, but you know what? We always say this when it comes to, to eating fish in general. You should know where your fish comes from. Yes. Right? So, if you don't know where your fish comes from, you shouldn't really be eating fish. So, you need to have a conversation with the person who is serving you fish or selling you fish. So, if you're getting your fish online, on the internet... Uh, you really need, well, you shouldn't be doing that. But if you are, you really need to know. You need to take the next step and find out where is that fish coming from. Is it farm could you raised? Add, like you could go to ShopRite and say, hey, where'd you get your fish from? Yeah, yeah, ah, you can. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You could say, where is this fish coming from? And sometimes they're going to give you a vague answer. Um, and sometimes they give you a direct answer. And if you don't like the answer, guess what? Don't buy the fish. Yeah, well, a lot of times if you buy it frozen in bags, it actually says where it's come, where it comes from. Oh, I was bag. thinking like the... You know, they have the dead yeah, the, fish the behind the glass. Yeah. No, you, you could ask. Mm-hmm. So check the labels to ensure that the shrimp is not from Mexico. If you aren't sure, ask your local supermarket person, fish market, whatever. Wherever you get your fish, make sure you find out. If it's coming from Mexico, don't get it um, because that is just contributing to um, to the loss of the vaquita. Also, you know, write and, and ask your seafood companies for insurance that their shrimp products are not from Mexico. Right, so you want to make sure that you're not getting fish, and you want to make sure the seafood companies are not getting their shrimp from uh, Mexico. Um, if you if you're active on social media, spread the word around about uh, boycotting um, seafood or shrimp from Mexico, um, and also spread the word about the vaquita. Take the pledge that you won't buy Mexican shrimp until Mexico really ensures deadly gill nets are out of the vaquita's habitat. 
and the vaquita population is recovering. Again, vaquita population is so small now, and even though people have tried many different ways to save the vaquita, just recently they tried to capture vaquita and put it in like an aquarium just to save a few species so they could maybe repopulate. But as I mentioned earlier, porpoises, and especially the vaquita, they don't do well in captivity. And so guess what? When they try to, to capture one and put it in a tank, it died. And so that's very sad. So the only way really to save the vaquita is to save its habitat. It will not do well in cages or in tanks. It needs to be wild. Vaquitas need to be wild. So the only way to really save the vaquita is to protect its home, to protect its habitat. And that means we need to get rid of the, those nets, those gill nets that are trapping these poor little vaquitas um, and, and just killing them, drowning them and killing them. And it's really sad. So we can't let another species go extinct. We've already lost, within my lifetime, Mel, within your lifetime, Jim, within your lifetime, we've already lost the Caribbean monk seal. It's gone. It's mm -hmm. extinct. They just confirmed that several years ago. We're never going to see uh, a Caribbean monk seal in our lifetime. We're never going to see um, a Yangtze River dolphin within our lifetime. It's a freshwater dolphin. It's gone now. It's extinct. Um... So we've lost two marine mammals within our lifetime, the dolphin and the Yangtze dolphin and the monk seal. And now we're on the verge of losing a porpoise, the, um, the vaquita porpoise, and, and we just can't let that happen. So, you know, you might say to yourself, oh, I live in New York, I live in New Jersey, I live so far away from the Sea of Cortez, you know, what can I do? Just make sure you're not buying shrimp. The easiest thing you do is just make sure you're not buying shrimp from Mexico. If you just do that, that would be a big help. And then spread the word around. Let other people know about the vaquita. Because again, how many people really know about the vaquita? So Melanie, when you go to work tomorrow, you're going to ask people about the vaquita where you work. And what do you think they're going to say? Never heard of it. Yeah. And Jen, what about you? Well, I work from home, so I can ask my dog if she's ever heard of the vaquita. <laughs> oh, I love your dog. I bet your dog knows about the vaquita. She looks like a little cow, so yeah. maybe I can, you know. Animals have a strange way of communicating, so I bet your dog knows about that. She probably does. Yeah. She doesn't eat shrimp from Mexico, I can tell you that much. She might. You don't know what happens at night. <laughs> she gets on Amazon and orders shrimp. <laughs> All right, so, so for more information about this topic, and there's just so much, if you go online and just type in vaquita or save the vaquita, you're going to get uh, so much information. If you go on YouTube, type in vaquita or porpoises, you're going to get so much information. But some of our favorite uh, websites you can go to is to boycottmexicanshrimp.com. That's boycottmexicanshrimp.com. That's a good website. And it says what it does, right? So it gives you information on how to boycott Mexican shrimp. Another one is vivavaquita.org. V-I-V-A-V-A-Q-U-I-T-A.org. Vivavaquita.org. That group's been around for a long time to try to save the vaquita population. You could also go to the Porpoise Conservation Society at porpoise.org. Those are some really cool people as well, and they're doing a lot to save the vaquita. So between boy, uh, Boycott Mexican Shrimp, Viva Vaquita, Porpoise Conservation Society, among those organizations, uh, you should get some good information to, uh, to share with your friends and family about saving the vaquita. And again, there's only a very small population left we really want to spread the word out uh, about saving the vaquita um, and, and do what we can. Um, every July is Save the Vaquita Day and, and Save Close to Wildlife. Here we might be doing something in Asbury Park, if not this year, next year. 
about doing a little festival uh, about saving the vaquita. That is, of course, if the vaquita is still around. Mm -hmm. We hope it is so we could do a little something like that to spread the word about the vaquita. But it's really up to us, the human species that does all this damage to um, to help the vaquita. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I hope we can do something to help the little cow. Yeah, the last the little sea cap. One last thing. A lot of the information, I really got inspired about saving the vaquita from this book. Um, Brooke Besson wrote a really good book called The Vaquita, Science, Politics, and Crime in the Sea of Cortez. Um, it is an excellent book, so check that out. Again, uh, written by Brooke Besson, B-E-S-S-E-S-E-N. It's called The Vaquita, which is Vaquita spelled V-A-Q-U-I-T-A, V-A-Q-U-I-T-A. Vaquita, Science, Politics, and Crime in the Sea of Cortez. So I guess that's it, ladies. That's all we have to talk about tonight. Okay. We hope that the little vaquita survives. And uh, also, just one more last thing. We want to say thanks to our friends at Apache Tomcat for the great background music. And we hope to see you again all real. So don't, don't forget to check out their music at freemusicarchive.org. That's Apache Tomcat, freemusicarchive.org. We love those guys. We hope you love them too. Great music. And Jen, thank you for hanging out. Thanks for having me. Mel, thank you. Thank you. You guys are both awesome. I love you so much and hope to see you guys real, real soon. Take care.